Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Jules. We are helping dental assistants get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Jules and I have been dental assisting for a long time. We may not be experts, but we sure are old. (laughs) What we're doing is we're going online. We're finding that some dental assistants are running into humps with their team, with their dentist, with the career field. We are dissecting them, pulling out those pearls, and helping you get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Okay guys, it's time for you to figure out this ordering thing. Either your dentist has not delegated that to you or you already have the task and it's overwhelming. Check out Zen Supplies. They are the next generation of ordering dental supplies in an online platform. It literally is almost like having an Amazon account for your dental office. They are helping DAs save their dentist money and get their time back. All the time that you spend looking up products, trying to figure out how much stuff you have, how your budget is going to be allocated, literally it's all in one place. So if your dentist is getting ready to delegate to you and say, you know what, I want you to take this ball and help us with our ordering so that we can get our costs down, make sure that we have the proper supplies and we're not over ordering or under ordering, but just being held accountable and, and giving you the, this master tool that's truly going to help get you rockstar status. So go check them out, www.zensupplies.com. Well, hello, Miss Jules. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. It's hump day. It's Wednesday. Hello, Miss Rhonda. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. So I'm in the process of retraining my tongue, right? So I'm, I'm learning so much about yeah, my functional yeah, therapy, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like one of the most important muscles in your entire body. Like it really, I mean, the stuff that we're learning is like, it dictates how your face grows, like your whole face. And so I'm in the, I have, um, a very, um, vaulted arch, like in my palate. Mm-hmm. And I have a constricted arches on upper and lower. And so I'm trying to create better posture with like the middle of the back part of my tongue mm-hmm. so that possibly I get a little bit of bone growth. I know at my age, it's probably unlikely that I'll get a lot with just natural remedies, but right. it's funny. Cause like now that my tongue is getting stronger, it's falling over top of my occlusal surfaces of my teeth. And so like, I keep biting it when I talk. <laughs> Are you a tongue roller? Cause only no. a percentage of Americans can roll their tongue. No, I can do hot dog tongue and taco tongue, which are two different exercises that you get in myofunctional therapy. I oh, you I guys can can't my tongue to the this. My nose. Julie is <laughs> touching her nose with her tongue. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, long tongue. I, I can talk with my lips closed. Oh my god, if you could see her, she looks hilarious. <laughs> Jules, we should do a video one of these one days, right? Yeah, with a good glass of wine. 
Oh my God, this week has been crazy. It's February already. Almost St. Valentine's Day, which is the most stupidest holiday ever. I'm sorry. Right. They call it. it the Hallmark holiday. I'll give it a Hallmark holiday. If you can't tell your loved one 365 days a year that you love them, then you shouldn't wait one day to do it. Right. But it's also for those procrastinators who don't value the sentimental um, gesture. Mm -hmm. And it's their one day that they're reminded by the rest of the world that they got to get on. Yeah. The train. I have friends that were like, oh, where would she go for dinner? I'm like, you shouldn't. You should wait till Saturday or Thursday night. Yeah. It's cheaper. <laughs> and the lines will be less. <laughs> it was funny. I saw this post and it was somebody that worked in a restaurant and they kept saying, I'm going to put fake diamond rings in all of the glasses and just <laughs> the glasses when I deliver the, the champagne to their table. <laughs> That would be funny. That would be hilarious. I would totally watch that if it was on one of the like reality TVs. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I want a, a gold rose. I, I can't wait to get it. <gasps> Garfield and Shiny, which we love. Yes, I won one of the gold roses. Yeah. But they're shipping it to me. I can't wait to share it with everybody. Oh, that is so, it was gorgeous. The picture it that was. I saw. And like, I'm wondering if I, it could scratch enough off to get my car back. <laughs> <I'm fixed. laughs> If you don't all know, my engine died in my car, so I'm carless right now, and we're down to one car family, which is oh so much fun. And you guys so. know, okay, so describe, this is like a public service announcement. So when you talked about the issues your car had, I mm -hmm. saw more than one person with the same car as you have the same, the same issues. So go yeah, ahead. We, I need the recall letter for the 2013, but and some type of litigation thing. I have to do a little bit more diving into it because maybe it'll pertain to my car. But my car is being picked up and taken to another shop tomorrow and to kind of get reevaluated. So we shall see what happens with the old car. Hmm. So, yeah. But thank God I only work three days a week right, at the office. What? <laughs> I know, right? Or I'd be coming it there, the other two. And the other are local, so. Uh, what, what, what was the specific problem? In case, all right, tell everybody the make and model and then tell them what the problem is. 2016 Chevy Equinox. And the engine went kaboom. It had an oil leak. Supposedly. So the into the oil pan, which I wouldn't see because the oil pan probably doesn't overflow for some reason. Or sensors don't come on. Nothing. So it burnt up, essentially? Like, I don't it get it. stopped working. Hmm. It went like, rah, rah, and boom, all done. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, crazy, so crazy, crazy. Guys, if anybody out there listening has an Equinox and, and you've had yeah. something similar like this happen, talk to Jules because. Well, I'm going to get a second opinion. Like in dentistry, we should get a second opinion if you're not too sure from your first opinion. <laughs> so maybe the second opinion will be a good opinion and can well, fix my car. Right. But I'm just worried because it's been sitting since December 19th. So. Well, I'm sure it's, I can't imagine damage, any new damage would occur if you're not driving it. Well, it's cold here too, lady. No, it's true. She is in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, it's freezing butt cheeks off. So it's funny because you were talking about second opinions. I was listening to the Operatory podcast. Mm -hmm. Dr. Laskin was talking about teledentistry right. and how you can pay, I think he said it was, it was a guesstimate, like $30 to get a second opinion from another doctor. Well, the thing is, is 
I think with ever, especially with dentistry, it's not black and white. Everybody's going to have a, uh, an opinion. I mean, if you look at a tooth and it has an old amalgam in it, one dentist might say it needs a crown. The other one's like, eh, I can put a composite in it. Or we can put another amalgam in it. Well, I just leave it alone. So, I mean, maybe four out of five dentists might have the same opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm thinking every dentist, I mean, just like with hygienists diagnosing perio or something, they all have a different way they perio chart and it's just different, you know, but if you're unsure or unsketchy, I always recommend a second opinion. We tell our patients, you know, if you don't like what we have to say, go get a second opinion. So, and unless you're saying, effort, right? sketchy, then you have nothing to, yeah. to worry about. Yeah. And most of the time I feel like second opinions are because either one, they found the dentistry too expensive and they want to shop around too. Yeah. You know? So that's why I think, you know, but who knows? It's all opinion. It really all is. Opinion. Like if you have a conservative dentist or somebody mm -hmm. who's like, I'd re I've worked with all of them. I mean, as dental assistants, you guys know, we've probably worked with different types of proactive and reactive types. So mm -hmm. you've got that dentist that, you know, it's barely through the enamel and they're like, let's get on it. DO time. And then the other guys are like, well, let's see if it remineralizes and arrests. Let's try some great. And that's my Harrison because I think of like, if it was my mouth, what would I do? And if it's, you know, a crown and I really don't think it needs a crown, I'm going to be like, you know what? If it was my mouth, eh, I might do the crown. I might do the, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to think about it as if it was your mouth, what would you want? Or your relative, I guess, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, they say the average filling in one's life cost about $3,000. So the progression of man-made materials and, you know, the world's most inhospitable environment, which is your mouth, right? You know, it starts out as an occlusal filling and then eventually that starts leaking and then you're ending up, you know, you're, you got to get more tooth structure. So then you get a two or three surface and then that only can last for so long. And then there's your full coverage. And the, Oh, by the way, now you need a root canal because you've drilled on this tooth for so often over the yep. years. Like that's, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of conservative dentistry. Like if you can tell me the error of my ways and then educate me on how to prevent mm -hmm. any more damage and at least try, give me a chance right. to try to arrest what's going on in there. Like benefit yeah. of the doubt, I guess, is where I go. And then in six months, if that stuff's still growing and you haven't done anything, then yes, proactive is way better than reactive. And oftentimes... You know, I hate to say it, but sometimes I'm mean when patients call. Not mean. They work in frontline time. But when they call and say, I have a toothache and I've had it for three days. And um, I look at their chart and we diagnosed it like six months ago or a year ago or two years ago. And now they want to come in at 430 because that's when they can come in. That annoys the crap out of me. And I don't. I say our emergency times are this and this. Can you make that work? No. Then, okay, the next day is this and this. Well, I need after work at 4.30. We don't offer emergency times at 4.30, sorry. So, because at 4.30 in the afternoon, nobody can treat you. There's not a, dent a referring doctor that I can get you to. Nope. And especially and if the doctor doesn't can't do the root canal, it's out of his scope, or he doesn't feel comfortable doing the extraction, guess what? You have to be referred out for that. Yep. You know, and my at 4.30 in the afternoon, I can't do that for you. 
my husband. Eight o'clock or one thirty. Those are your choices. There you go. It's like it always reminds me of like the Pawn Stars. Do you ever watch that TV show? Like, mm-hmm. I can do three thousand. Can you do twenty five hundred? I can do three thousand. Or you know, that's backwards. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's fun. My, my husband's like, he's like, procrastination on your part does not necessitate an emergency on my part. Yeah. And I'm like, if I had we a patient all- today, she's like, I've had a toothache and it hurts, and I needed to get in. And I should have, I should have, and she said, I should have called when it first started because then it got worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to get worse. It ain't going to get better. Nope. It's, it's a correct language. But yeah, so don't procrastinate. But patients are procrastinators at time. And it, most, most of the time, I feel like it's a financial, that's, it's a barrier. There's a financial yeah. barrier. Well, if we're, That's we're why st- they procrastinate. We're stuck. Okay, so if it hurts, it's usually too late, right, for the cheap stuff. You guys use less expensive. The investment is less now than it would be later. It'd be more of an investment. It'd be less expensive if you get it while it's small before it hurts. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I can totally see that. Like, I don't want to do it because it doesn't hurt. I put it off. I put it off. I put it off. It hurts. Oh, what? How much does it cost now? Mm Yes. Yes. Teeth are tricky, tricky teeth. You know what? I think, I think I just burned through our time for my post. What about you? Do you have a post? Well, we we can touch on both of our posts. So we had a good post in the group about it was, it was a really good post. Has anybody ever reported an office to the department of health? I was temping last week and I was told by the lead assistant that we don't sterilize burrs. No, gross. I about threw up at that. Right. They soak them, wipe them with alcohol, then use them again because they are expensive. Well, of course they're expensive. Dentistry is not cheap. And you shouldn't cheap out on it and doing things right. Instruments are run through the statum, then placed in a drawer, unwrapped. So they're wrap they're unwrapping, they're using instruments out of the statum, unwrapped. And they're probably not using them immediately. So yeah, they're not, that's disgusting too. Poor girl. Overall, poor hygiene habits by staff. I'm not sure the doctor knows what's going on, but I'm disgusted with everything I saw. So it's not more of a public health thing. It's more of an OSHA thing. Yeah. You know, and it is a public health thing because I would say, I would say consult an expert, you know, like Linda Harvey or, you know, call your state dental board and tell them this is what's happening. But the, the, the moral of the story is, is if in your gut, in your research and you knowing right from wrong doesn't feel right, we need to speak up. Because if your mother or you found out that your mother, brother, sister, cousin, aunt, uncle comes to this practice, wouldn't you be disgusted if something happened to them and you didn't say anything? Yep. So we have to start speaking up and it's okay. Are they gonna fire you if you say, your infection control practices are disgusting? Yes, they will probably fire you. But you need to make sure you document. So if you go into a practice and it's really disgusting, take pictures. Take pictures, write things down, document, document, document. Find the proof. You know, if you have to carry the copy of the 2016 CDC catalog or whatever, the printout of it with you to prove your point to people that are doing things grossly with gross negligence, that, that's okay but it's not okay if this practice causes people to be sick or ill. Yep. 
and then you feel bad when you see them on the news and you know you've worked there because you're just as guilty oh yeah if you just stand by and watch it i mean that whole do no harm thing that's all of us guys like integrity is part of that and if you see whether you're licensed unlicensed first day on the job second day on the job whatever you know the most thing you can do especially if you're a newbie dental assistant is the infection control practices that is my biggest thing is the infection control because that is very harmful if not done correctly especially like you know sterilizing and disinfecting things that is most important yeah so you know we can we can learn how to suction and retract because you, you i don't really think you can hurt somebody suction and retracting i've never heard of any cases but you don't clean or disinfect those instruments the way they need to be you can hurt somebody and it's a long-term hurt yep so the best thing to do is if you see something say something it may stink it may suck but you know what you're only trying to help that dentist because he's maybe he doesn't know what's going on maybe he doesn't know that these are the practices and oftentimes dentists don't yeah they just think somebody else has gotten it done because they know what they're doing mm-hmm. right and they're 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 doing the drilling and filling they're not paying attention if you're sterilizing burrs because yeah that's, mm-hmm. they're not following behind you with a little notepad and a checklist saying did you do this today did you do this today did you do that today it's your responsibility to make sure it gets done yeah. You know, it's funny. I worked for a dentist once and we had the glass bead sterile sterilizer. Do you, did yeah. you ever see those? I can't remember who made them, but it was glass beads. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I think I've talked about this before, but, um, I was taking the burrs out of it with my fingers or something. You know, I was like three years out of dental assisting school and he was like, don't touch those. They're dirty. I'm like, but you're having me put them on your burr block to use for another patient. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. He's like, that hasn't worked in years. I'm like, well, why do you have me utilizing your glass bead sterilizer if it's not sterilizing? Like it just, it didn't compute. And I guarantee that's probably how this one poster felt. Like Mm -hmm. it was just one of these random things that people. Right. And and most often burrs are not supposed to be reused again. You know, you need a to lot of them are single again, use. Re, re, re-read your manufacturer's, you know, instructions for use. Or if you're unsure, call whoever makes the burr and ask them, you know, how do you sterilize these or are they one-time use? Yep. You know, our carbides we throw out. I believe the diamonds, I'm not exactly sure. I'm thinking we sterilize them. I'm hoping we sterilize them. I think, I know we do. But, um, you know, I know that what, some of them are one-time use. We use them one time and we throw them out. Is it yeah. expensive? Dentistry is expensive. You think about everything that goes into the patient's mouth in one procedure, it's expensive, but that's what it is. Yep. I mean, we're out of dentistry. You can buy cheaper supplies of the same product in bargain shop, but you can't cheapskate on processes that prevent yep. harm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your post about? Oh, okay. So it was really good. So in the dental assistance worldwide group, this comment or this post got 66 comments in like a 12 to 24 hour period. It was amazing because it's controversial. Ready? Yeah. You got your seatbelt on? 
<laughs> okay, so the poster stated, I am not sure how to feel, but I thought I would tell you and hear your thoughts. The doctor told me today that putting my hand on the patient's shoulder just prior to injection only implies pain. I am not to do this. I am here to follow his lead. I have to admit, in that moment, I literally felt sick and sad. Please help me understand. Hmm. Poor girl. Poor girl. I've been there. I know her feeling. I know exactly what that guess, bottom of the gut feeling is. I don't know. I guess I find the doctor kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know. I always put my hand on the back of the chair and maybe a little bit of my fingertips on their shoulder. But I mean, if you're clutching their shoulder, that'd be one thing like a think what we talked about earlier and you said what bracing for impact or something right <laughs> um but I didn't see it like that I just I would see it as a soothing touch a reassurance you know I don't know it's so hard nowadays but again everybody nowadays gets offended and we have to watch our behaviors and our mannerisms and how we interact with people and how we touch them or if it's unwanted shoulder touch, that type. So maybe that's what he was meaning because maybe patients might get offended if someone touches them without their permission. I don't know. I that's don't know. one way to look at it. But the way I saw it was, um, like we said, bracing for impact. So I think the yeah. dentist was interpreting her um, physical contact as in like, hang on, this is going to hurt. Let me grab your shoulder. Right. You know, like yeah. I think that he was thinking it was exacerbating the fact that he was about to have the injection or she, I don't know what their patient gender was, but I think it came down to, you know, he's sitting there probably taking his time doing the anesthetic slowly, which we know is the way to go. Mm -hmm. And by her holding him prior to the actual penetration, maybe that's what it was. You know, he just thought that that made it worse on the patient. And so like some of the feedback was, I mean, it was all over the place. So you've got the ones that say, dentist is right. You just made that patient think it was going to hurt because you grabbed a shoulder first or her shoulder. Uh, right. We had the, the dental assistants that said, I always touch my patients because I'm the empathetic one. Like I'm supposed to be their right. caregiver yeah, in a sense. Absolutely. Um, and then you had the other ones that were just like, my doctor encourages touch. Um, mm -hmm. Then ones that said, never touch your patient. Like it was just, it was really interesting to see the variety of responses. Yeah. And the thing is too, like I said, nowadays we just have to be warranted of purple's, people's personal space because we're in their bubble. And like the other day I called, he must have been like 18, maybe 19. I don't even know. I'm like, are you all set, sweetie? And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like double backing on what you said. I'm like, wait a minute. Can that be I'm like, oh. wrong? I'm like, all right, if there's anything you need. And I didn't even know. I forgot, I totally forgot his name. And I just turned <laughs> way on the other side of the room. It's not on my side. So it's a little convenient. And I was like, all right, let me get you up front, sweetie, to Cassie. And then I was leaving. I go, I go to my dentist. I'm like, is it weird that I called that kid sweetie? She's like, no. I'm like, okay. Because nowadays, you know, they want things some hot milf mom is an 18 year old boy <laughs> watch out like the cougar sound like if i had comes the cougar dental assistant <laughs> but you know people can take it as offensively they'll so, find it reassuring or they'll say 
hey, I don't want to be touched, or the dentist will just tell you, and then you'll have to be more self-aware of your body movements, your body language, and stuff like that. So what do you tell this dental assistant? There's a ton of different opinions on this. Your dentist would, does not I want you to touch it, your patient. I would take it, I mean, I would take it more, you were a little taken back by how he approached it, but just learn from it and move on and maybe ask him, well, what ways could I make the patient feel more comforted then during that situation? You know, like I always ask, are you doing okay? You know, are you getting numb? Are you doing okay? Maybe he wants her to do something different instead of touching the shoulder. Yeah. So take it as, okay, I, you know, that's where I would want to be touched is on my shoulder is a compassionate gesture. My dentist doesn't want that from me. He's got it. He or she needs to tell me exactly how I can comfort the patient because that's honestly, I think that's one of our key roles is to be the empathizer and the sympathizer. Yep. We have to be the middleman for that patient. They have to feel comfortable. They have to be cared for and they have to have that sense of security with us being there. Yeah. And and like I said, we've all felt awkward or uncomfortable chair side at one point or another. Shoot. I remember a long, long time ago, big boobed lady was in the chair and she had her hands folded in front of her. And I went to grab by her elbow and I grabbed her boob. (laughs) Cause her boob was weighing on her thing. I just wanted to like her forearm and say, are you okay? Doing okay. My hand slapped the top of her boob. I mean, what are you going to (laughs) do? But I just played it off. I was like, are you okay? And I just, (laughs) but it happens, but she didn't say anything. And that's way back when, but still, so I think we just have to be aware and just, you'll get the, the really, really friendly patients that maybe hug you the minute they get up from the chair or you'll get the, all right, gotta go, you know, cut and dry. Yeah. But yeah, I guess so the warm and fuzzy, I like the warm and fuzzy. Patients. I do too. The, the, the takeaway for me is if your dentist doesn't like it, you don't do it. Nope. However, ask permission first. So like with my patients, can I hold your hand? And then my doctor likes me to actually, we do like a centering technique. So I rub the arms from the shoulder blades down and I come through across on the palms for palm therapy up to the fingertips. And before the anesthetics administered, I said, is it okay that I touch your arms? And it's as simple as that. Like it trumps everything. Like you ask permission just like everything else. Can I tell you about what I'm seeing in your mouth? Can I, you know, like it's, it's giving them control when they feel like they have no control. I think that's the most important thing for patients. Um, my boss is just, (laughs) my boss is texting me at (laughs) at night. Tell me to hide my mask because patients are taking that. Okay, we're laughing, but it's true. I know. That whole- but our masks are in our all our masks are in the sterilization area, like all our supplies. So unless they went into the sterilization area, they're not gonna, you know. And we have we're in a town of four thousand people, right? So unless we were in a big city where we get, you know, people that are stealing stuff, I think we're pretty good there, boss. <laughs> oh. you know, it's that whole like mass media, like let's ensue as much panic as possible. Right. And they're talking about it. It's just like a flu, like any other flu, you know, this one's a new strain and we haven't quite figured out how to do it, a, a vaccination against it. I get that. Yeah. But it's still, you know, for the ones with immune compromised 
situations. Like my boy is going across the ocean. Friday. So I, I packed him some masks. I'm here, some masks, <laughs> wear them on the plane. You and know. they have, have you seen the nasal filters? I don't know who makes them, but I've seen a bunch um, of, I forget who makes them, but Michelle. Yeah. Strange wears them. Strange wears them. Yes. And I think they're called something NO2s. No, so, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. But it makes sense for air, for plane rides. I mean, cause you're, that cabin air is all you know, recycled air. So if you have one more line of defense, especially if you're not mouth breathing, which is the wrong hole, by the way, um, if you're just nasal breathing, it gives you an extra right. armor against all that bacteria floating around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. Didn't you say it that, was it today? You're like, it was a picture of somebody spraying off of a, like a train or something. And you're like, look at that mask. It's under the nose. Genius. Oh, it was in the dental infection control. Okay forum that we have for dental assistants it was linda harvey she posted it saying what's wrong with this picture and they had their mask pulled underneath their nose and they were wearing their regular glasses they weren't wearing safety glasses so yeah here they are spraying this highly potent chemical and they're breathing it up in their nose and they're not even wearing the right safety glasses that's hilarious that's it's wild like people you guys, these masks, these glasses, these all these armaments that we have in our PP arsenal, right? They're to protect us. Why would you not want to protect yourself? Well, some of those masks are made in China, just so you know. <laughs> they sure I'm are. Just saying, if you look at your boxes, some of those manufacturers are made in China. So, whatever. I hope you have an amazing hump day. Yes, you too have a good hump day. You guys, seriously, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we, you know, you, you fuel our thunder. Spread the word. Spread the word. Let the word. other assistants know that you're not alone in this world. There are a bunch of, like, like Dr. Uh, Alan Mead said, regular ass dentists. Like, we're regular ass dental assistants. <laughs> you know, just like. the bomb.com. <laughs> too legit to quit well <laughs> maybe not but we will <laughs> never <laughs> oh, have well, a great have hump day. day and we'll talk to you soon bye guys bye Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Jules. As always, if you guys need to get a hold of DA Rockstars, we have Facebook and Instagram, Jules Varney at Dental Assistance Rock, Instagram or the website or Facebook. And find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group is a safe, vetted place for dental assistants where we're connecting and sharing our stories and learning together as a tribe. At the end of the day, we only hope for you that you were a better version of yourself tomorrow than you are today. And that starts by finding your people who are motivated to do better and be better. But until next week, keep on suctioning.